What's going on, everybody? This is the A Few Too Many podcast coming to you on a Tuesday, January 23rd. Uh, We got a loaded episode for you tonight. Uh, Doing a little zag recap, a couple of uh, get back on track sort of week, I think, is what we had. A little preview into the future, followed by some NFL playoff talk. And you know, we're finishing with the dozen. Uh, I am the lone uh, host, I guess, today. This is this is Zane Izagari coming to you live from God's Country, Spokane, Washington. Uh, boys, I will. I, I am joined by uh, our our full group of interns. Uh, take it away, fellas. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. What's going on, amigos? Intern Coop here, uh, coming to you live from Portland, where. I did survive the ice storm. I don't know if you guys saw any of those TikToks, but there's a lot of slipping and sliding, but not from your boy. Stood on my own two feet. Didn't eat shit once. Um, unlike our Zags, who have been eating shit left and right, but not last week. So let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Let's break it down. Very well said, Coop. Uh, intern Zambi, excuse me, coming to you live from Spokane as well. The weather is starting to warm up and we've hit the inevitable slush phase of a Spokane winter. No intern Baja. He is currently being coerced by a chicken. But other than that, should be a good episode. And let's go, Zags. And what's up, everybody? Intern Dan coming to you from from slushy Spokane. Zane, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. Was the slush? It sucks. The puddles are bad. Walking the dog is bad. There's still some parts of ice that I almost slipped today, Cooper, but I didn't also sit on my own two feet. So shout out to me for that. Uh, I think the boys got their swagger back this weekend. So excited to see, excited to see what happens and how we can capitalize on some momentum and should be a great episode for y'all. Excellent. Excellent fellas. Well, I will represent to you guys that, uh, this week marks a, uh, a big occasion for, for myself. Uh, for those of you, uh, in the Spokane area, you know, that Bloomsday occurs every year, May 1st. Uh, right, Zambi? It is May 1st, right? Or the first weekend of May, whatever, first Sunday of May. Um, training started this week in the slush for me. Uh, it, it has been not fun. Uh, every year, sort of go through the same routine. I uh, don't run or do very much cardio whatsoever, um, except for the period of like end of January through May. And then I have a shitty time at Bloomsday. So I get a little motivated for like a month and then fall off. But fellas, the legs are sore. The legs are hurting. Will any of the other Spokenites be joining me this year? Well, I have patellar tendonitis, so probably not. <laughs> but I don't think you have a bad time, Zane. You have the corporate cup. That's true. That's fair. Zane, Zane if I do recall, uh, Bloomsday was shortly after we had moved last year. So the it just wasn't in the cards for me to join you. But I think I said... It would be something I would consider this year. So, Zane, <laughs> Zane as someone who's, I've, I'm going to say you've established tenure in Spokane and you've run Bloomsday. Can Dan consider himself a true Spokane resident if he has run Bloomsday? Uh, I would say, I would say no. You got it. You have to, you have to do it at least once if you're from Spokane. Uh, if you don't run it, I mean, walk it or you have to like be there. But it's like by far the biggest event in town, wouldn't you say, Zambi? 
I mean, I'd probably say Hoopfest. Yeah, I was going to say, is Hoopfest... <laughs> doesn't but, Hoopfest that? But Hoopfest, Hoopfest is more out-of-towners, in my opinion. Okay, Spoken. yeah. Bloomsday is like the entire city comes together for Bloomsday, in my experience. Then you get like the professional runners from Ghana, and they just take all the awards, but yeah. All the glory. Yeah, so I can I think you got to do it. Zambi, you've done it, right? <laughs> yeah, I ran it in a banana suit, actually. Junior or senior year of high school. Nothing about that. <laughs> Wait, can we can we make that a pod punishment? <laughs> uh, let me try and find this photo. I'll send it in the group chat. <laughs> next, whenever whenever our next like pod challenges, maybe maybe March Madness. Um, <laughs> whoever loses has to run some fun run because not all of Slim and Spokane in a banana suit. <laughs> At least a five k. At least a 5K. Yeah. Okay. And you know how long Bloomsday is, right? Uh, It's long. How long is yeah. it? It's like just over seven miles. So what does your training look like so far? Uh, <clears throat> This week, I've run a total of six miles. Um, So not, not very much. And I'm going very, very slowly currently. But I'm hurting very, very badly today. I think I'm going to take an off day tomorrow. But the goal is to just slowly build to like 10 miles. In order to like run seven as fast as I can. Oh, I don't know if I'll be keeping pace with you necessarily, but uh, I think I think I could get out there this year. I think I think my wife would join me, and she might beat me. But uh, I think uh, we will we will kick off our official Spokenite tenure by running in Bloomsday. You heard it here first. What if what if I beat Dan Bloomsday racing while pushing Aria in a baby? stroller oh that's absolutely gonna happen i, I don't think he can't run more than like two miles in his life oh, Uber, Uber, you you know damn well freshman year when the boys got into running and you and i joined coming from cm through downtown you and i were huffing and puffing oh yeah together. i haven't so run I more than two miles <laughs> since then so <laughs> i i my money's definitely on zane pushing a stroller with I'll, I'll tell you though, boys, it is Bloomsday is fucking hard. It's not even the distance; it's it's the hills. There are like two uh, major hills. One of Actually, one of I, which can I put is my Doomsday. money on. Can I put my money on Courtney like winning. I don't think Courtney can run at that time. I think there's like a eight to twelve week period at which she is not supposed to. <laughs> Like she, physical can she, activity. Can she, can she power walk? Then I'm putting my money on power walker. <laughs> I think the real question is: Does Dan? Does Dan even finish? I think he finishes, but it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Do I get last? Am I the last finisher? Dan, there are walkers. There are people that just walk all seven like point two miles. Well, I might walk a little bit too. You might. <laughs> But I do think I, I do think we I, have to set an over under uh, at Dan's at Dan's finishing time though. What did you get last year, Zane? I got sixty four or sixty five minutes last year. Okay, nice. The goal is to break sixty this year. We'll see. How many miles? Like seven point five. I I think Dan will average like nine twenty. You think, he, you think he breaks a ten minute mile? Yeah. That's not very fast, dude. Ten my, miles pretty slow. I remember in middle school, uh, you had to get the, to get in the mile club. You had to run a mile under eight minutes, and I was able to do that in middle school. 
So can I do that again? <laughs> here's here's what's gonna happen for Dan. He is gonna start this like coming out when he does a thing where he sprints with his hands like spread all the way open. He's just gonna get gassed in the first like fifty yards. No chance. I need, uh, I need a I need a further breakdown of Dan's training regimen if he does this before I <laughs> before I go over under. I think I think honestly I think like seventy five minutes is probably. Like you can do that, Dan. All right, let's go. Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. training you starts break seventy-five minutes. Oh. He has to do a hot ones challenge. Wait, Zane, I think we should dangle a carrot in front of Dan with the Spokane Club brunch afterwards. <laughs> oh, you can catch me at the beer garden afterwards. That I I make whatever our weight I lose in that seven and a half miles, I put on double through the beer garden right after. Yeah, the brunch buffet is awesome. So, <laughs> all right, fellas. Well, let's get into some Zag news here. Uh, we we I, would you describe it as a big week? I, I I don't know if I would describe it as a big week. I'll call it a bounce back week, a get right week. Uh, two games this week: Pepperdine on Thursday, followed by San Diego um, on on Saturday. Uh, two wins by more than twenty points, which is good to see. Um, but let's talk about <clears throat> let's talk about Pepperdine first. We can't talk about this game without mentioning uh, Coach Few hitting a major milestone in his coaching career: seven hundred wins for Mark Few. Uh, pretty incredible achievement there, boys. What? <laughs> perhaps it would have been better to to get this win against a uh, more superior opponent, but in some sick way. It also makes sense that we did it against our our opponent that we have the longest winning streak against. Uh, so, thoughts thoughts on on Fuey hitting the seven hundred mark, boys? Yeah, I was just about to. I think his six hundredth one came against Kansas. So, <laughs> Mister Seven Hundred uh, against Pepperdine, not as much of a luster, um, but um, nonetheless, huge dub. Um, congrats to to Fuey for. Locking in number 700. Um, and yeah, as we've kind of said, you know, in our group text, every every game from here on out matters. So it's just because it's Pepperdine doesn't mean it doesn't matter for us. So a win's a win. So I'll take it. Yep, absolutely. Huge accomplishment. I think he's the second fastest to 700, only behind the great Adolf Rupp. Um, so that's certainly some good company to keep there at the top. Uh, in terms of, of this game itself, I think it is kind of cool that, you know, this game was not looking like maybe a game we were going to win in the first half. Uh, we looked pretty shitty. We were tied at the half. And then whatever happened in that locker room, uh, I don't know if it was Fuey firing them up and saying, hey, go get me 700. Let's go. Let's start playing. Whatever it was, they uh, flipped the switch, absolutely dominated the second half. Um, and uh, it was cool to watch them get celebrated. I think there was a handstand after, which is always you always love seeing that. Uh, Well-deserved. Yeah, you guys pretty much hit it all right there. Um, one thing that was kind of interesting is I was listening to the the broadcast on uh, Channel 6, and they're like, yeah, do you think the players know about this? I'm like, of course the players know that he's going for 700. Like, do you live under a rock? Like, the their broadcasting commentary is very frustrating, in my opinion. It's just not that good. Thankfully, we have Sean Farnham coming up. 
he's going to talk about the Davenport. But congrats, to Coach Coach Few, and uh, yeah, keep the streak going. Well said, well said. Well, uh, in other news, uh, I think I think probably the MVP of that Pepperdine game. It's got to be EK, right? Was it is 24 the most points he's had for Gonzaga? Or has he had more than 24? Sounds up there. Oh, sounds up uh, there. Pretty efficient. He played like kind of a lot of minutes for him too, right? 28 minutes. Isn't that why do I feel like he doesn't play 28 minutes usually? Because he fouls. <laughs> Point. Well. <laughs> uh, how okay? Let me ask you guys this: How low were you at halftime based on our first half performance? <laughs> uh, I wasn't too low. <laughs> I was just like, okay, we're playing like shit. Like we'll get it together. So I wasn't really too stressed out. I, I think I was pretty low. I think I I at one point announced that I was retiring from our group chat because <laughs> I was so frustrated. You know what's funny? I just, I just looked at the at the at the team stats on that. You would think that maybe at some point Pepperdine like had a had a lead on us, and that's why we were upset because we were losing. Their largest lead in this entire game was two points. <laughs> so it's just because it's Pepperdine, and we were even in a close game at all. Uh, These are. Thought, excuse me. I thought our uh, <laughs> defense was just absolutely atrocious in that first half. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that was super frustrating. I was thinking, okay, wow, we are going to lose this game to Pepperdine too, and lose my favorite streak. I think we beat them forty-seven straight times, and the last time we beat the last time we lost to them, I believe, was two thousand two, which is just fun to think about. Uh, so yeah, I, I was not feeling great about that. And then uh, just a complete one eighty in second half. I think we started out in a twenty-eight-eight run, which was uh, fantastic to see. Indeed. Uh, it Anything else? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Zambi. Respect the hand. So my question is, how does Lorenzo Romar still have a job? I mean, does it get much better for Pepperdine than Lorenzo Romar? I mean, hiring an, an assistant or something, like, just start from ground zero. Like, Lorenzo's just mediocrity to the T. Yeah, something tells me that Pepperdine doesn't really... This isn't what they're tracking right now. <laughs> Romar's, <laughs> Romar's success isn't the priority at that school. Zoe 101. Uh, any, anything else on, on Pepperdine, fellas? Or can we can we go uh, further south to the San Diego game? San Diego, it is, huh? I think the only, only thing with Pepperdine, 8 of 20 from 3, 40%. Give me that all day. Yeah, I would like to see Hickman maybe not shoot 10 threes. But but if we're being honest, 30 he still made three. So 30% as a team is pretty much a success at this point. 10 threes is a little ridiculous. What what speaking of Hickman, what what are your guys' thoughts on this character right now? I know Cooper, Cooper here has some strong feelings about one Nolan Hickman. Yeah, I had some rather profound words uh, for Mr. Nolan. That Pro profane. Profound, profane. Well, uh, <laughs> this is not an English English class, but um, 
yeah, some strong words nonetheless. Um, yeah, I think, you know, before the season, we all kind of, as a group, decided that he was going to be our, you know, X factor, so to speak, if we were going to be a team that would make a run. And that just hasn't been the case. I don't know if he's had a signature moment or signature game so far this season. Has he has he had more than 20 points a game? This game? Nope. Season high, 19. So, I mean, there's just – and we're not a good shooting team, and he's – I think one of the announcers said that he's our best shooter, which is alarming as fuck. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't know. As a five-star recruit, he's just not living up to that billing. Um. You see his counterpart, Hunter Salas, light it up, you know, across the country. So um, you would you would hope he would play more to that level. And I don't know if it's a confidence issue or we're just asking him to do too much. But um, I think if we could see more from Hickman and place the level that I would imagine he's capable of, uh, we'd be on the winning end of some of these games that we've lost. I, I think a lot of it with Hickman is, is consistency, right? Cause we'll see flashes extended, extended runs where he is that guy we expected him to be and need him to be. But then he completely disappears almost like a, like sophomore junior year, Corey Kispert, but, but not, not quite as productive. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I that stat, yeah, ten threes, not great. But he made a lot of his other field goals that were not threes. Uh, um, I feel like I'm seeing a running floater a little bit less in the past three halves of play, which is which is a big positive. Um, but I, I think that I think he'll turn it around because he has to, <laughs> right? I mean, we don't have a fucking choice at this point. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. Like Hickman is why we're losing games. Although if you do look at our like last three losses against Santa Clara, he was one for nine against San Diego state, two for nine against UConn three for 10, just from the field. Um, those aren't good. That's, that's kind of an alarming trend. Uh, but I mean, I do think he is a good three point shooter. He just needs to take the right ones. And I think the right ones for him are the catch and shoot or sometimes like after he hits a catch and shoot, he'll get a little start feeling himself trying to like cross over step back three he hits those maybe one 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 for three every time he takes them, um, but I think you know Hickman's Hickman's year's been solid. It hasn't been what we hoped it would be, but he's he's been all right. There's still obviously a lot of room for opportunity there to grow. Yeah, no, Zane and uh, Dan, I definitely agree with you guys. I think it's a consistency thing. Um, I think the thing that might I think he might just be in his own head because he's shown us that he can make these plays. And then you just see these like high floaters that you just scream at the TV for. Um, I think he has the capability. Maybe he needs like a, like a Russell Wilson, like mental coach, or maybe he needs to go to South America, like Aaron Rodgers. I'm not really sure, but I think he has it in him. It's, I don't think anyone knows even him. I don't know, but I'm optimistic. It'll happen at some point. Yeah. 
You have a muted name. Am I muted? All right. I was going to say is I I think I think it's pretty safe to say Hickman probably gets the most hate of anyone on this team. I think that starts based on how he was recruited and his development over the past couple of years. Um, but I really think what bothers a lot of people is the fact that he's just so goddamn emotionless. I think that's a good and a bad thing at times, but he has the exact same expression on his face when he knocks down a huge three as he does when he makes a bonehead turnover. And I think just, just that sort of lack of emotion can be frustrating for fans. Um, but, but enough about Hickman fellas. Let's talk about, let's talk about our second game of the week and another Gonzaga cover. Uh, Zags head down to San Diego, beat up on the Toreros. 105-63. Was this the highest scoring game of the season for the Zags? <laughs> no. A lot of trivia tonight. I think so. I think it uh No, it was Eastern Oregon. Well, that's not a I was gonna say not like as far as division one opponents, yeah, it's gotta be. Arkansas Pine Bluff. We got 111. Damn it. Just kidding. Yeah. Wow. Well, I have just a few points here. So the game was very casual to watch. I enjoyed myself, had a couple beers. And while we did stop the waves in Malibu, San Diego evidently cannot stop waves as there was mass flooding. Thoughts and prayers, San Diego. But my big tidbit of this game is, believe it or not, credit to my girlfriend, Elena. This was Joe Fuse first basket that he scored for Gonzaga. First field goal? Yep. He's never scored a field goal. It's only been, it's just been free throws. Yep. I had to double check. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. Oh God. I think so I I saw a quote from Few afterwards. So this was his it was not a pretty field goal. It was like a like an eight foot floater basically right oh, yeah it was it was <laughs> and, so, and so they asked you about it and he just you know gave the classic like dad talk about how he was proud of him and all that and then he, he ended it basically saying like it's an ugly shot but he loves that shot even if he loves it i still think it's a terrible shot <laughs> that was pretty funny but i think i think it's safe to say uh this might have been our most complete game in like the last Fucks in, in the new year. I mean, is, was that our is it our most complete game of the year? Like USC was like a very very complete game. Yeah. Okay. All and right. probably a better opponent, <laughs> but not yeah. by much. But that's true. Uh, but yeah, no, this game this game was awesome. Loved the loved the carryover from the momentum from the Pepperdine game. We never got into a position where we were in any sort of ball game. Absolutely asserted our dominance for a full 40. Uh, Braden Huff, when he can have 26 off the bench. Thank you. I will take that all day long. I think he had like 11 points in three minutes when he first got on the court. Um, and uh, just super efficient across the board. Uh, we didn't have to play our guys that much. I mean, granted, Nemhard still somehow locked to 30 minutes in this game. <laughs> um, but uh, just got a lot of guys out there getting run, getting confident. Dusty hitting three threes. Um, our defense was really, really good. Didn't give him anything easy. Yes, it's San Diego, but we just simply saw an inferior opponent 
absolutely destroyed them, took care of business. And I think just much needed confidence and good vibes going into when, you know, when this conference season is going to get a little bit tougher here. Yeah, Dan, you kind of took my talking point a little bit there. Um, aside from just finally having two complete halves of basketball go your way and the way that we expect them to as Gonzaga fans, Dusty Stromer, 31 minutes, three for five from the field. All three of those shots, shit, all five of those shots were actually uh, three-pointers. Two for two from the line, uh, 11 total points, five assists. That is a beautiful stat line from Dusty. Um, and it's probably around the stat line we're going to need uh, if this team has tournament aspirations and then any sort of goals thereafter. Um, I do think I do think this was a great response from Dusty. I'm leaking into, you know, maybe some of our later talking points, but it's no secret that perhaps the biggest news in, in Gonzaga land this year was the shakeup in the starting lineup. Ben Gregg replacing... Uh, Dusty Stromer and, and Stromer taking the six-man role for this team. I thought this was a great response from him to that. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with that, Zane. Um, I think Dusty has just, I think it's been like maybe a confidence issue where being thrust into the starting lineup, it's, I don't know. And I think before the the Santa Clara game, and San Diego State, and he just made some boneheaded plays and wasn't knocking down shots. So I think coming off the bench, there isn't as much pressure there. And um, yeah, to your point, it's hard to argue against the stat line of shooting three for five and having all this be three pointers. If we <laughs> if we can get that consistently, <laughs> that'd be sick. That's uh, all we need, right? Like I, honestly, I don't think it's that much. Three for five is like an outstanding percentage. But if he can hit three threes a game, that would be massive for this team. Yeah, I would do two. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like every, if he's two for four, two for five, I'm good. Yeah. Get to the line, get to the line twice, maybe. Boards, assists. I think um, kind of just going into that starting lineup switch, I think it just makes a ton of sense. I think we – we had talked about it on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, maybe just like, Hey, like what could change? What could maybe happen? Um, I think that, that, that switch up does a lot of things. One Ben Gregg has been like one of our better players. He always brings energy. I think it's great to have him out on the court to start a game. Uh, two, it gives us a guard to bring off the bench to get Ryan or Nolan out or to kind of change up the lineups. But then it also gets Braden Huff in the game quicker too, because of the, the way the rotations work. And, Braden Huff took full advantage of it. Ben starred in his role as a starter. Dusty did a great job coming off the bench. Like all three of those guys that were that have been impacted by that move so far have responded to it incredibly well. And it gives us more versatility, I think, within our lineup that we were severely lacking. So um, I think it's 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 huge to see. I mean, Braden Huff, man, if he can come off the bench and be a consistent scoring presence every single game against better opponents, this team ceiling rises a ton. Um, so, you know, there's, there was a lot of good things I, I saw the last, the last week. Yes. They're much shittier opponents. I'm not celebrating. I'm not acting like we're all of a sudden title contenders again, but 
we can be. I, I don't know, Dan. You gave us, you sent us the eye emojis going sideways. I sent the eyes as like, boys, we're playing basketball that looks like Gonzaga, and it's kind of fun to watch again. That's what. That's all that was. Um, so you know, I, I think everything worked out really well. I'm excited to see it in action against uh, you know much better, much better teams coming up. Yeah, I mean, I think the switch like. We've talked about it in previous episodes. I think it was bound to happen. And pretty much everything Dan said, I agree with. Um, I think it kind of gives some guys, it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off because with Ben coming in, he's such a playmaker. That's not like, hey, we're going to rely on EK. We're not going to rely on Nemhard, uh, Hickson, or Hick, Hickman, sorry. Um but yeah, no, I think it's it's a good move. Um, and another thing that we talked about, WCC play is a time to experiment and figure out how we can fix things. And so I like the move. I, I'd like to see it keep going throughout conference play. And I don't know, Kentucky lost today. So maybe we see a little bit of that come uh, February. Good point, Zambi. Good point. Uh, fellas, let me ask you this. Two pretty damn good three-point shooting games in a row. The last time we talked about how well we were shooting threes, we responded with the Santa Clara dud. Um, any concerns on that frontier as we enter another kind of big game without getting too much into that game? I don't think so. Um, for one, we'll have the students back. I think this will be the first game with the students back since winter break. Um and I don't know, there's there's a little bit of a buzz around Spokane. I think this game is going to be pretty electric. Uh, we'll have boots on the ground. I'll be there. Um, and I'll be cheering as loud as I can next to these elderly people. Yeah, I mean, the last time we had the uh, the back-to-back of Pepperdine in San Diego, we followed it with the dud against Santa Clara. So I'm not going to put too much stock into these beatdowns, but to Zambi's point, I think playing a game against San Francisco at home with students will be a real difference maker. So if we can, you know, keep the, keep up the three point shooting, it's hard to imagine us not, you know, keeping that, keeping that streak alive. So, um, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess in, in that regard, Quick, quick temperature check, boys. Let's take a temperature check here before we get into San Francisco. Because, um, Cooper, you just mentioned, you know, you're not putting too much stock into these two wins. Dan might be thinking that we're national championship contenders all of a sudden. Just joking. But but where are we at, fellas? Where are we at right now? I can lead us off. Um, we are a team that has every bit of capability and should be expected to be in the NCAA tournament. I think that it it is almost for sure coming down to winning in Vegas. Uh, and we have seen the way we're capable of playing. Um, we have played top-notch championship contenders, seen how far off we are in those games. Uh, something that our opponents have not in the conference um, I do think that's important. And I think that guys are starting to kind of find their role. Um, we can't talk about what's going on with this team without bringing up the fact that Ryan Nemhard is playing a fantastic 
point guard for us. He's doing everything that we thought he would do coming over from Creighton. 25 assists, zero turnovers his last three games. His last five games, 41 assists to five turnovers. He's slowing down. He's he's getting the ball to guys in the right spot. And then he's also hunting a shot when it, when he needs to. So I just think everyone's kind of getting in their roles. Uh, and, um, you know, I think that they are are hungry to get out and, you know, play a good team uh, at home and, and hungry to, you know, bring in St. Mary's, I think, next weekend or in two weekends too. Zambi, what's the temperature like over in the uh, Zamblin household right now? I'd say lukewarm. Our pipes didn't freeze, so that was great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I think, kind of echoing what Dan said, I think we have a window to be great, but the consistency isn't really there yet. If we can keep this going, I'll feel a little bit better. But, I mean, we'll talk more about USF, but I think they're going to come in hungry. So that's why I'm not warm. I'm just lukewarm. <laughs> I think I'm similar to Zambi. I think I look at these games, and if anything, it almost frustrates me a little more that we just can't maintain that level of play against better opponents. Um, uh, the margin for error with this team is just – it's so slim. It feel, I mean, I, God, I feel like every time we finish talking about a loss, we all have a different reason for why we lost that game. That's just not a good thing. I think we're starting to correct those. I think the team is growing together. Um, the Nemhard sort of improvement over over the last, gosh, it feels like six or seven games right now, um, feels like, like probably the biggest step in the right direction. Um, but there are some other things that need to be cleaned up. I, I, just, I just don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get excited and then get hurt again. Um, I don't think my heart could take it, but I think, I think that's where I'm at. I think I just watched this team and they, like Dan said, they, they, the way they played against San Diego, I mean, this looks like, that looks like a Gonzaga of old team. Like any one of the teams we watched the past, you know, 10 years or however long the four of us have been fans, uh, Zambi a lot longer, I suppose. Um, but then you see first half against, fucking Pepperdine and it's awful. It's just a reminder. And that was only three halves ago. So I'm not getting too far ahead of myself, but, but it's there. The product is there. It just needs to, to be shown. Um, but we'll learn, we'll learn a lot uh, this upcoming Thursday, ESPN two, 6 PM. The Dons come into town boys. Um, this, this, this for better or worse is a pretty spicy matchup for this Zach team. Um, what are our, what are our, Dan, you did a little bit of research before the game. Tell us a little bit about the Dons and any sort of, uh, players we need to keep an eye on for them. Alrighty. Well, the Dons, um, I, I haven't done a ton of research on them. I'll be honest. I just kind of started to started to dive in a little bit right before recording here. Uh, they come into this matchup 15 and five. They are coming off of a little bit of a shit kicking um, at home against St. Mary's. They lost 77 to 60. Prior to that, they were winners of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight. Um, so, you know, definitely a team that can that can get hot. Their strength of schedule is nothing uh, overly impressive by any means. But I think all San Francisco teams, they tend to shoot a ton of threes. 
They typically shoot it pretty well. Uh, they are led this year by a transfer, uh, Jonathan Mobo, I believe is his name. Uh, we'll find out if Farnham and Fleming pronounce that differently on Thursday, but I'm going to go with Mobo for right now. Uh, he is averaging a double-double, 15 points, 10 rebounds, uh, shoots a pretty high percentage from the field, uh, 68%. Uh, doesn't shoot threes. I have heard comparisons to Brandon Clark. Um, so we know how good that guy was for us. Uh, hopefully he's not like Brandon Clark because I don't really want to play against the Brandon Clark, uh, but he's a six, eight forward. Um, I think he'll match up incredibly well with Anton. That, that should be kind of the, the key matchup in the game. And that's the, that's the skinny on the Dons. Yeah, I think I feel like uh, is Mogbo. I'm going with Mobo based on what I've heard. Mogbo looks like Mogbo. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. Anyways, um, I feel like he's going to go off for a big big game. That's why I kind of mentioned uh, it could be a kind of a tricky situation with us. Um, what I'm kind of intrigued about is so they lost St. Mary's at home. We know it's hard to play on the hill in San Francisco. Do we think that the pace of play that St. Mary's plays with affected them? And if they play to the pace that we play, is it going to be a closer game? That is a great point. Fair question. <laughs> I mean, if they play fast and they hit threes, we're going to be in a close game. Yeah, that's. I think it comes down to that. I mean, for me, the biggest, like, key to this game is playing solid perimeter defense like we did earlier in the season we haven't heard that one from you this season yet Coop. perimeter <laughs> defense huh yeah yeah um but yeah i mean I, in the fucking santa clara game there's so many open threes and miss assignments so i think if we can just cut that shit out lock in on our guys we should have we should have this game in the bag. But if we're if we're leaving open threes, to Dan's point, it'll go down to the wire. I I have a little bit of a different take from Cooper just based on <clears throat> the stats I'm reading, and I think it's actually maybe an opposite take. I think it's the interior defense, given that uh, San Francisco is the fourth best two point shooting team in the country. Um, they shoot just about 60% from, from inside the three point line. Uh, they're actually not a very good three point shooting team. They're 121st. So they are not, I mean, fuck, it feels like all these WCC teams always decide to shoot threes and make them whenever they play Gonzaga, but San Francisco's strength is pretty clearly their interior offense. Uh, they have... They are thirty ranked 34th in, in two pointers made this year. So they can they can kind of get down and dirty with us. I think I think, you know, alluding to Dan's, you know, matchup, key matchup of this game. Uh I love I love the fact that our team leader, our fifth year guy, Anton Watson, is going against their best player. Um I I think I think that heavily favors Gonzaga. Um I just don't know. I mean, what what the hell else does this team have? No other forward averages very many points. So are these 
do they just have guards that can get downhill against us? I because then I'm a little bit concerned also because I don't I don't love the way our guards play defense all the time. Who was it? Who did they have? Did he graduate? It was like a Leal Shabazz or Shabazz something? Oh, he is gone. Thank fucking yeah. That's who can fucking light it up. <laughs> He's gone. That guy was a problem. I would have yeah. loved to get him in the transfer portal. They got they got a couple of cats. Uh, Marcus Williams averages uh, just under fourteen points. Um, he shoots the three okay, uh, and then this Malik Thomas guy actually shoots like thirty five and a half percent from three. Um, but again, they seem like better, like drivers, slashers. I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, I think the numbers inside are probably pretty inflated by by Mobo just because he just doesn't miss. Like he'll have games where he's eight for eight from the field, ten for twelve. Like he he gets super efficient looks, super athletic. So uh, that could be inflating their numbers a little bit. It maybe be helpful if one of us might have ever seen San Francisco play uh, before just reading stats and trying to make they're just trying you know paint the picture here for for our viewers and listeners about what we're going to see on Thursday. Uh, so take all of this with a nice grain of smoke and Sunday salt and butter. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I say they shoot a lot of threes because that's typical San Francisco does. They're pretty analytical driven, um, but they could be a completely different team this year. I don't really know. I mean, to, to Zane's point, if that's the case, then I think another like a big thing for us is EK not getting in foul trouble or Watson getting in foul trouble. I think we've seen that the last couple games where one of them will pick up two early fouls and it puts us in a bit of a bind. So um, I know that was a huge thing in the Santa Clara game where I I think EK played less than 10 minutes because he was in foul trouble the whole game. So um, I think a clean game from both of them so they can log, you know, decent minutes is, is key, key here. Yeah, I was going to say, I got a notification. Um, so this is coming from KXLY here in Spokane. Um, so I know we all have our criticisms on the Zags, and I do think a fair amount of Zag fans are, you could say, fair weather or kind of on the extremes of far right, far left, you know, teach their own. But uh, this article today, Anton kind of addresses it and the quote was, don't try to come back if you've been basically shitting on the Zags all year. And then they make a run. And it's like, oh, I'm hopping back on. So I think that'll be kind of interesting to see from a Spokane perspective, a Twitter perspective. And uh, I mean, you, you know, these players are listening to the media. Like there's, it's 2024. There's no way they can't. So I think that'll be pretty interesting going forward. Well, I'm fucking here for that. I mean, this team needs some kind of chip on their shoulder. So if <laughs> Anton's finally, if we're finally seeing a motion from Anton, I am here for it, baby. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was necessarily a motion coop. Uh, he said, so here's a direct quote from his interview. He said, I know people are going to talk. I hope they stay on that side. If we start winning, I hope they don't try to come back and hop on the train. Um, in reference towards how he doesn't listen or care about what is said on social media. So, I mean, don't you think that they care more about <laughs> going to the tournament and wearing the Gonzaga uniform and what that means? They don't give they don't give a shit what 
what we think, what, you know. I would hope so. I would hope so. I haven't necessarily seen that on the court this year. I think I think you could see them starting to have fun. Be like, all right, we're Gonzaga. Let's start playing like it. Like the way that they were kind of celebrating some stuff against Pepperdine, San Diego, having some fun, getting a little flashy at times, EK throwing down dunks. Like I, I think I think they know it's time. It's time. Well, it better be time because we're almost 20 games into the season here. Um, it's <laughs> but all right. Uh Anything else on San Francisco, fellas? I mean, I don't know what, what. None of us know what the hell we're talking about with this team. I think, I think the fact that it's a home game is huge. Um, but what do we think the line will be on this game? Ooh, I love this question. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eight and a half. Tags. Hmm. Not San Francisco, dude. <laughs> <laughs> The Dons, the Dons have our number this year, baby. <laughs> All right, Dan, you look like you're itching. I was going to go ten and a half. I think it's a double digit. Home, they've home been play. they've been big. They've been big. Well, guess I'm the lame duck here. I'm going five and a half, Gonzaga. Whoa! Oh, close to comfort there, Dan. I think I that's mean, crazy. That's crazy. What? It's not that crazy. Like San Francisco is still is is uh, still receiving votes in the AP top twenty five. Um, so they're not. Should they be though? Far. Probably not. I mean, uh, in Kempom and like the net and stuff, they're they're down there. They're in like the sixties. Um, but isn't it crazy that in Kempom we're still like nineteen? Well, our like. Like our uh, offense and defense, I think our our offense is top twenty five and our defense is top thirty five. Like that's it's pretty pretty solid, like complete team, um, right there. But uh, yeah, I don't know the the metrics seem to love us. But oh, I just it's our strength of schedule is putrid on Kempom. Holy strength, shit! Strength of wins. Oof. I mean, our strength of schedule can't be bad. Our strength of schedule. It's bad. It's really bad. It's 118th. Oof. How is that figured out? Strength of schedule rating. I mean, I think it's just how bad the WCC is this year. Hmm. I mean, the teams we played, obviously we played the top two teams in the AP poll. I guess that's really all that we've played. <laughs> but <laughs> we played them and it was hard. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. I think I think ten and a half. Uh, one last thing I'll say on this game: um, San Francisco is coming off of a home game where they shot two for seventeen from three point land. So if they do that again, we could do that again and still win. Um, but <laughs> oh, I think no. I think that uh, they'll probably make some more. Something tells me they didn't really guard St. Mary's from three all that much. St. Mary shot forty seven uh, percent from three, eleven to twenty three including five from our boy, bitch boy Mahaney. Um, so maybe, maybe they're going to kind of let us shoot open threes and oh god, that, that could give us some confidence. We could get hot, start hitting them, get tacos in the kennel. Students go crazy or we shoot ourselves right back into a slump. So that's <laughs> that is something to watch for. If I honestly, if I'm San Francisco, well, actually I think uh... In years past, when you know Gonzaga is going to beat you, you just kind of sort of take your licks as they come. This team, I would let them shoot the shit out of the three. 
Everyone, everyone except Anton Watson can shoot threes. Yeah, it could be a ton of disrespect, and they just kind of park the bus and say, "All right, let's see it," <laughs> and then we're just going to shoot thirty of them and make four. So, <laughs> I, bold prediction. Bold prediction. Right now, we are getting tacos on Thursday night. Ten threes. Ten threes. Let's go, Hannah. All right. Lead us off. Score prediction. Uh, score prediction: Zags eighty-five, Don seventy-two. That's a cover in my book. That's ten three-pointers. Um, Leading score. I think it's a very balanced attack. Um, how about? Uh, probably shouldn't be Ryan Nemhard. Um, if they're hitting threes, I mean Nolan Hickman, seventeen points. Lead the score. Don't nice. hate it. Don't hate it. Cooper. I'm going to go Zags 87. Dons 86. Or no, not 86. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I mean, whoa. 86. <laughs> Pull a fast one on you guys. Um, yeah, Zags 87. Uh, Dons 76. Um I think it's going to be – it'll be a close game in the first half, and then we'll pull away in the second. But I like hmm, – I like Watson as our leading scorer. Give me a cool 22 points. Dan, is our is our MOBO guy, is he, is he known to be a good defender as well with his athleticism? In I size? believe so. Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll chime in and let Zambi take us home. Uh, I'm gonna go Zags, Zags eighty two, Dons seventy three. Um, I think it is a double digit spread, and I don't. I think the the cover streak maybe ends here. I think here's the way I see this game playing out. I think we come out fucking guns blazing home crowd students on their feet and we take it to them for like the first 14 minutes of this game, 15 minutes of this game. Uh, and then we have a shitty close to the first half. Uh, then we come out guns ablazing again. Um, but things, things get a little bit uncomfortable middle of the second half, but Zags ultimately um, prevail in the end. Uh, I don't really give a fuck how we win though. I just want to see, well, no, I do give I, – I, I don't give a fuck that we win. No, I do give a fuck that we win also. I just want to see us continue <laughs> to be consistent in the things that we've done well the last two games. Leading scorer? Leading scorer. Uh, give me EK. Give me EK since uh, maybe, maybe this MOBO guy will be distracted by Watson. Give me EK for – 18. Nice, nice. <clears throat> well, before I get to my prediction, I was going to say EK at 18 for my leading scorer as well. Great minds, Zambi. Great minds. <laughs> and I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm going to say Zags 90 and Dawn's 78 with Joe Few blowing the spread. <laughs> Does Joe Few come in and that's tight of a game? I don't know. 
Maybe. 30 <laughs> seconds left. He gets the ball picked. Play it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, are you sticking with Watson at 18 then? Uh, EK. Oh, EK at 18. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, fellas. Well, uh, I guess I guess it's worth noting that we do have a second game this week. <clears throat> we play against Pacific on Saturday. Currently, Pacific is last place um, in the conference at 0-5. And, and uh, they have won six games this season. So... I don't think we need to talk too much about Pacific. Um, but let's talk about sort of the outlook on this team uh, and more specifically what you guys think uh, is needed or required for this Gonzaga team to obtain an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament at this stage in the season. Is it possible? And if so, how? Oh, I think the only way we get in without winning the WCC tournament is winning the rest of our regular season games, in my opinion. So that undefeated? Means, we got to go undefeated? Got to go undefeated. So that includes a win at Kentucky and then going 2-0 and against St. Mary's. Does that make us a lock for an at-large bid, in your opinion, Coop? I don't know if we're a lock. I, and then I think Dan mentioned – in our group text earlier that we have to, sh- we have to be in the championship game of the WCC tournament. That would have to be a competitive game. We can't get blown out or show up or not show up. Okay. So your that- scenario is undefeated for the rest of the regular season, beating Kentucky and then getting to the championship game of the WCC tournament and losing a close one. Yeah. Zag still in. I think. <laughs> Does everyone does everyone agree with that scenario? Is anyone willing to go? Because that's the obvious one, right? Is anyone willing to go a step further? A step further? Uh, how? What do you mean? Is there another loss to be had? Does, yeah. does this team have to win every single game until the conference championship in order to be an at-large bid? No, we can lose. We can lose one more quad one game, in my opinion. Um, and like, yeah, it would suck if it's say if, if we lost to St. Mary's at home. But like at the end of the day, I really think that all that matters is notching the quad one wins. Cooper, if we do what you just said, we would have, let's see, we would have two quad one wins against St. Mary's, one on the road at San Francisco, most likely. And then beating Kentucky puts us at four and three in quad one. If we are four and three in quad one, we're we're in, in my opinion. I, th- I think if you're above five hundred in quad one, you've got to be in. Um, and the other thing too to note: yes, our losses they feel shitty. UW, Santa Clara, they feel bad. At the end of the day, those are quad two losses. Like we've we don't we we don't have the you know quad three stinkers like St. Mary's. They have two of them. Um, Kentucky has one. Illinois has like there there are good teams. Kansas just lost to the worst team in the Big Twelve. Uh, so if if we avoid a quad three loss, and if we just have one more quad one loss, and if we go three and four in the quad one, I think we're in. See, I don't think we can drop another. Um, but I think we just need to win our games the rest of the way. We'll be fine. 
because as I've mentioned in a previous episode, there's so much parody in college basketball, like South Carolina just beat Kentucky, which doesn't help us at all. But like there's even I'm trying to find it right here. Um, like Dayton, uh, they only won by. Uh, where are they? They won by 12 against LaSalle. LaSalle. And then FAU's... LaSalle. <laughs> 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 FAU has come very close to getting upset multiple times in their conference. I don't even know. I don't care what conference it is. But I think since everybody's losing, there's going to be so much shifting that I think at some point we do hop closer to an at-large, but we have to win every game. I think if we drop another... I don't think it's going to happen. I think, I think, uh, I guess I'll be, well, not a tiebreaker, but I think I side with Dan more on this one. I think if we go undefeated and only lose a close conference championship tournament game, I think we're a lock still, right? Maybe lock is too, is too strong, but I would be surprised at that point if we don't get an at-large bid. Um, super surprised. Like that, I think that would be, I think we're probably teetering on that first four bullshit or her last four uh, game, which which sucks to add another game to the tournament. But we're in, uh, I, I think, in that situation. I, I it would be it'd be very surprising if if we have that result and are not able to get in the tournament. So I think we can afford to lose one one more quad one game, and I think. I think it probably has to be against Kentucky. I don't think, I don't think we can. I, I think it becomes tenuous if we lose that San Francisco game. Um, St. Mary's maybe because it's. I think people view St. Mary's a lot differently than they do San Francisco. Um, not not saying that that's right, but I think St. Mary's just has a bigger brand than San Francisco at this point. Um, so I, I I think I think I'll I'll maybe narrow Dan's scenario a little bit more and say we can only afford a loss to either Kentucky or St. Mary's. I would take I don't think we can lose to San Francisco to get an at-large bid. I think that's a good way of kind of cleaning that up. Yeah, I, I think I think that seems about right. I think the one thing to realize though is if we drop one in quad three or God forbid a quad four. That is the kiss of death. We will only get in the tournament by winning in Vegas. I don't think that they will give us any sort of runway with that at all, with the way that our season has gone. Um, so, like, in a weird way, you know, at LMU is going to be a must win. Um, you know, when those teams come to the kennel, like, I'm not worried about that. I, I We saw it last year. It's not happening again. Um, so Tom Harris, revenge game. Oh, please. Dom would love to light up the kettle. I don't yeah. think Dom would love anything more than to ensure the Zags don't make the tournament. <laughs> I can't wait to see the way that we like defend Dom and just like how we game plan for Dom and to see if like we just take him completely out of the game. How does the student section react to Dom Harris? Not positively, I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't, I think. It depends on how old, like freshmen definitely are like, fuck that guy. Uh, sophomores also probably the same. Anybody that was there, like they're like they're, classmates, like he has friends probably still at, 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like guys that were there, like or you know, people that were there for like the tricky trio days. Um, those people know, hey, this happened kind of because of Dom. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll I'll kind of want that guy to absolutely lay an egg in the kennel. So <laughs> wait, do we know in a weird, in a weird twisted world, LMU goes on a run, may, wins the WCC. We miss out. Um, they go on a run in the tournament, and it's LMU facing no other than Arizona in the national championship. <laughs> Tom first <laughs> Cooper, shut the fuck up. What, what 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 are you possibly trying to prompt? In, in you just wasted just, eight yeah. seconds of my life. Is that the <laughs> Mark Few just like nightmare scenario? Is that what you're yeah, trying that, to that is literally I think that is literally our nightmare scenario. <laughs> Does Mark Few retire if that happens? <laughs> I, he might have to. All right. Let me ask you guys this to get you back can on we, track. Can, can we ask something maybe mildly logical? Yes, yes. Who is the – if you have to identify one quad four or quad three team that gives us that kiss of death or one game on the schedule that gives us that kiss of death, which one is it? So here's a th- here's a thought. Depending on like if we blow the doors off of San Francisco at home, San Francisco could slide into quad three territory by the time we play them on the road. Oh shit. That's not a quad three team that I feel great about. That's the only one. Oh yeah, the only like two road that aren't like quad one that concern me are playing at LMU and then at San Francisco. So what what other away games? So at Pacific, I don't think we're worried about that. I got one. At, and then at Portland. Those are the only two remaining quad three or four away games. I'm going to say Portland. Portland. Portland sucks, dude. Portland. Portland gave us a – do you remember when we were sophomores? They gave us a run and Sam Dower had to hit that like long-range two to just send that fucking – or I think we won that game because of that shot. It was like a buzzer beater, right? It was, yeah. Portland's currently tied up with the Toreros right now. So. Exactly. And so I'm not I'm not worried about the pilots taking off against us. My rationale behind it is Cooper will probably be at that game. And secondly, I think the pilots bring out Ryan Edwards to do like a pump up speech before the game. I don't think I don't think Ryan is driving to Portland. To, oh, wait, no, it's not out. Ryan Edwards. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's uh, the guy who played for Prep? Then he played at Portland. He was a center, big white guy. Um, oh God! Oh boy! Here, nothing to- for you on that one. I will just. I do want to correct one thing. I said San Francisco could slip into. Quad three territory, they ain't slipping into quad three territory. As long as they're within anywhere from 76 to 135 in the net when we play them on the road, that's a quad two game. So we okay. should be okay. Here's here's a sneaky little tidbit about that Portland game. Um so on the heels of that Portland game, we end the season with the gauntlet immediately after the gauntlet that is Santa Clara, San Francisco, St. Mary's. Um that Portland game is a huge trap game, in my opinion. Just a massive trap game. 
will be coming off absolutely whooping the shit out of Pacific at home. And then on the road to Portland, followed by Santa Clara at home, San Francisco on the road, St. Mary's on the road. Kind of scary season. So I think I'm actually legitimately going to take that Portland game. Scares me. Oh, you know they're going to have a female announcer for that game too. To be one of those. (laughs) Dan hates Dan hates female announcers, I guess. (laughs) I got the name. It's Ryan Nicholas. (laughs) Oh, of course. Yes. (laughs) Big Nick, as they called him. Oh gosh. All right. Well, speaking of obscure players, um, fellas, one of the interesting debates we got into over the weekend uh in our group chat was if you had to had to identify one single player uh in Gonzaga lore to make this current Gonzaga team a national championship contender. Um I think I think I think it's safe to say we're probably not that right now. Uh what player would you add to this team to get them to that level? So I'm not I don't know why anyone didn't say it in the group chat. I'm gonna go 2005, 2006, Adam Morrison, who averaged 28.1 points per game and was co-player of the year with JJ Reddick. I Man could shoot threes. Kids in Spokane were drawing mustaches and sharpies across their upper lip. I think he would be the perfect fit. That is that is seemingly the most obvious pick that nobody brought up in the group chat. Daniel Son, what do you what do you think of Zambi's pick there? Oh, I love Zambi's pick there. I, I think for me, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about just the guys that I watched play night in, night out. So can I can I add a little wrinkle to this? How about we? Because I feel I feel like it's fair to say that any like Gonzaga player that plays in the NBA or did play in the NBA would make us, you know, a contender. What if you you say one like former or current NBA Zag and then one Zag that didn't make an NBA but was still a key contributor, or do, or doesn't isn't like a star caliber NBA player? Well, not even that. Yeah, I feel like if you're in the NBA, you're good <laughs> so yeah yeah I, so never so so the other person could never play in the nba yeah if if they were they were like a on like a g league spot Ooh. which i guess like includes true timmy but i don't know okay with that being said i feel like this is fair zach norvell does that work yeah i think i think that's fair I, I'll go better than Zach Norvell. I I was gonna say Jordan Matthews. Ooh. I think he. I I picture him for some reason. Maybe it was just like the, like, my brain remembering that one shot he hit. But I feel like that dude was so fucking automatic from three point range. Zane, as an SE fan, you're going to Jordan Matthews over uh, Byron Wesley. I am not taking a guy who missed all three fucking free throws against Arizona to tie a game. <laughs> Uh, fuck no, I'm not picking Byron Wesley. Jordan <laughs> Matthews had the smoothest three that I can remember off the top of my head right now that I actually watched at Gonzaga. Um, I think his leadership too would be huge to this team. He was a he was a grad transfer, one of the you know not early ones, and but you know for us at least when we watched, he was one of the early ones. Um, and that's the position that this team needs to fill, either the two or three, I think. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking along that same vein in the sense that I think the 
biggest missing component for this current team is just leadership and heart. And I don't think there's a better guy. Well, there maybe is, but I'm going with uh, Eric McClellan. I think that dude was kind of an unsung leader of that 2015, 2016 team when we were kind of in the same, same kind of predicament we are now where we were just barely scraping by to get in the tournament. And I remember watching the HBO documentary and he was kind of outspoken about stepping up and turning things around. So I think he'd be a really good fit for this team. I don't like that. Coop. I got, I got another one to throw out there that I think is sneaky. I think Silas would be kind of a nice contributor to this team. How Silas is too fucking quiet. Like he just what, Cooper. I'm not thinking about just, you just want me to pick the loudest guy I can think of. I'm thinking about just the play on the court. Give me, give me Gary Bell. If that, if Damn it. that was going to be my fucking a. Uh, does does Pangos like, make this team legit? I think Pangos has too much of a professional career to be able to select. You see, the criteria for this is very, very murky ah. at best. Okay. If we want to talk about heart, I'm going Mike Hart. <laughs> yeah, but he's apparently our neighbor. Oh, really? I think Great he guy. lives in between you and me, allegedly. <laughs> Hope he has a dog. Run into him. Never seen him. Um, hmm. These are some good names. I'm glad that we all pulled up something different. Uh, would Killian Tilly be a potential? Oh, would he really? I don't think he makes this team. Yeah, I feel like that we, much we better. Have, yeah. What about Nigel? Is Nigel? Nigel. Like- I I would say Nigel does, but Nigel and Nemhard. Like a what? Who? I don't know how that works. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I mean, Nigel played with Perk, and they were both point guards. But it is a little di- like, but Perk can play the two. I don't know. I don't know that you want uh, Nemhard playing the two. No, that's and how do you and how do that's... you take the ball out of Nigel's hands? Yeah, no, that's fair. I think I I, th- I think that like wing piece is exactly what it is. It's it's. What you know, who knows what Steel Ventures could have been? Just want to say that because you know, that Dalton Connect guy at Tennessee, he played in the same conference as Steel Ventures. Steel Ventures beat him for conference player of the year, and Dalton Connect is balling at Tennessee, and he's going to probably get drafted. Granted, that guy is an athlete, I don't think Steel Ventures quite has the same athleticism, but um, what could have been? We'll never know. Dude, Connect is sick, yeah, he is, and I'd have to imagine that. Still be back next year, right? Yeah, you would think so. I mean, so, the only the only player I see leaving, all things considering, is Anton. I think everyone else probably runs it back or transfers. <laughs> <laughs> I dude, I could low key see Dusty being like, "Fuck this, I'm out of here." <laughs> no, I mean, the only thing I would think on that is, I think if you're at Gonzaga. And you're not winning at the highest level, it probably takes some of the lore of Gonzaga away, right? Like you're like, fuck, I'm in, in Spokane. I didn't make the NCAA tournament and get me out of here. So we got to make the tournament or else our roster could get depleted. Oh. All right. Do we have any other names that we, any other obscure Gonzaga basketball player names to add to this list? Kyle Dragunis. I, I, his name was uh, literally right in front of me 
Fuck no. I don't think so. Shemmy? Oh, how about, about seven one? I got I got a good one here. How about Admon Gilder? I think I'd rather have if I'd rather have Ryan Woolridge. Again, he's another point guard. Yeah, I don't need a point he's guard. Any more of that off guard? Admon right. had like had like a pretty good like he would have a couple of games here and there where he'd knock down some huge threes for us. What about our guy Gerard? <laughs> What about our guy Angel? Gerard and Angel. Never oh, forget. Boy. Oh boy. What a little uh is it Elias Harris? Elias Harris. Elias Cooper. Yes. Oh Cooper. Nasty. Drew how about, how about a guy like Joel Ayai? Oh my god. Joel. I like that. What about oh. Kyle Bankhead? I got, I got nothing. An assistant coach at USF, so no. no, out on him. So which one? Which one is the best here? Which one's the best that we've named? Non NBA. Yeah. I got, I got Nigel. Uh, I think just as the team is constructed right now, somebody to just plug and play. I think it's got to be Snacks or Jordan Matthews. Yeah. This is an interesting discussion. We can get lost in this all day long. Cool. Tweet us. Let last us know. Pick. Let us last know who pick. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with McCollum, but I think you between the likes of him, Snacks, and Matthew, I don't think you can go wrong there. I think. That that sort of player is what we're looking for. Yeah, with that like kind of hybrid guard forward that can play the two or three, that can just knock down threes and be kind of a spark plug because we just. I mean, would Aaron Cook be like a decent fit? Oh, too eh, too little, too yeah. short. I like Gilder better than Aaron Cook. What that, about like Gino Crandall? Uh, if he was playing at North Dakota, yes. Is it Crandall? Crandall? Gino Crandall? Crandall? Gino Crandall? <laughs> Gino Crayola? <laughs> when Gino All played right. in the big sky, yes, he was very good. All right, let's get the hell out of here before we get lost in the sauce too much, boys. Uh, that's talking Zags. I think, you know, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of the same on this show until until this Kentucky game. I think really, or or probably even sooner than that until we play St. Mary's. Uh, but stick with us, stick with us. Let's ride this roller coaster. Hey, boys, we're still on the train. You know, we don't. Anton Watson's not talking about this podcast. Uh, we're we're all on the train. We all want to see this team do well. Uh, so let's just let's just see them get it. Let's shift over to the NFL, boys. Uh, Cooper. Yeah, I am our NFL liaison. Um, albeit the Cowboys are no longer in the playoffs. Uh, but we had the division round this weekend, boys. Couple, um, few good games. Uh, one clunker being the Ravens Texans, but. Um, as opposed to just kind of going game by game, boys, what are our thoughts or what were our thoughts on the divisional round? Any big takeaways? Uh, the games were way better than wildcard weekend. Um, like you said, Coop, one clunker, Texas Ravens wasn't great. The other three were pretty compelling football games. Um, I think there's cases to be made that the better team 
did not win in two of them. I think the Packers were the better team in that game against the Niners. And I think the Bills were too against the Chiefs, but that's not how it goes. Uh, the Niners survive. The Bills kind of collapse. And I think that one's probably the most interesting because who knows what's going to happen there if the Bills will ever get over the hump. Another wide right, that's just cruel for them. Um, yeah, those are early takeaways on my end. Yeah, I think my takeaway so far is this conspiracy theory about the Super Bowl logo uh, coming true is becoming more and more real uh, as we as we near the pending Ravens Chiefs Super Bowl. Right? Is that is that what it would be? No, or is it Ravens right. Niners? Ravens Niners. Wait, what is it? Wait, what is I, I'm? What is this conspiracy theory? Well, have you seen like how the colors? of the of the of the Super Bowl logo have corresponded with the teams playing in it for like the past five years or something like that. So this oh. year the colors are purple and red. And that's like a five year thing where the colors I don't, I don't know the exact number of years, but it's it's an enough years for it to raise some eyebrows. Damn. I don't know. I'm kinda I'm kind of beginning to think that there's a there's a this whole conspiracy that the NFL is going to do whatever it can, whatever, whatever it can do in its power to make sure the chiefs make the super bowl. I'm just, so fucking sick of the chiefs just because of fucking Taylor Swift. Oh, I'm so sick of them. Dude, my biggest thing with the chiefs. So after the bills beat the chiefs in like what is a, at least the second half of the season, Patrick Mahomes is all salty. He's like, Oh, like, I don't even know what he said. He said something, like, disrespectful to Josh Allen, and he's just trying to say, like, good game. And then after they win, he's just, like, all hyped up. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 like, we did it. He is such a bitch. His wife's a bitch. And I'll say it, Taylor's a bitch, too. <laughs> we, just, we, just got, we just got canceled as a podcast. Wow. wow. <laughs> Those are fighting words in this household, Zambi. Uh, I've said worse. Come on. I The only saving grace for the Chiefs at this point is that Jason Kelsey is even like minorly associated with them at this uh, at this stage? I mean, seeing a shirtless Jason Kelsey get in the stands with the fans, chugging beers, uh, lifting up kids—that was pretty sick. So um, he's a he's a man of the people. But yeah, I'm not definitely retiring. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, he's he's done. So already um, retired, probably. <laughs> Yeah, did you guys see uh, Kelsey's wife's reaction <laughs> when he was doing the whole like with the beers? She's like in the background, just laughing. <laughs> Not too many wives do that. Married a good one. Shout out Kylie Kelsey. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the Chiefs like I personally really enjoy watching them play. I think watching Mahomes is just incredible. Oh uh, God! This is your wife talking through you. No, dude. I've been in. I what? Okay. When I worked at NFL Network, the season I was there was Patrick Mahomes' ascension year. So just like watching how he has changed the NFL from when he's when he came in the league, and just seeing what he's accomplished so far is just crazy. Uh, and he just makes unbelievable plays. So I do like watching them. I do think that. Uh, I would like to see somebody else win this year. 
So I will not be rooting for the Chiefs this week. And I was rooting for the Bills last week. So I just can't take a fucking Travis Kelsey post game interview WWE bullshit show again. Oh, just oh, wait. If they win, it's gonna happen. Oh big time. god. On the subject of Chiefs Bills, do we think that the Bills are just cursed? Um, I think the Bills were just injured, man. Like they did not have they were missing so many key guys on defense. No Gabe Davis. Stefan Diggs dropped a wide open pass. Like there was a lot of things that just went wrong for them. Um I don't believe in the curse. Although I do think that the pick that the uh, Chiefs selected Mahomes with was the Bills draft pick. Is that right? Is it the new curse of the Great Bambino? Curse of no. Mahomes, you know, that was pretty bad. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like the Bills, like everyone's like, oh, we got to fire McDermott and Josh Allen's not that good. Josh Allen is just Philip Rivers. Josh Allen's an incredible football player. They didn't lose because of Josh Allen. I mean, it is. I did see something today that if you do look at Josh Allen and the Bills in general in the playoffs, his record is not that great. No, but you don't just win in. Do a lot of players have like really good playoff? Uh, Mahomes, (laughs) anyways. Dude, it's like people are saying it's like Mahomes is like the Jordan of the NFL. So, like, you know, teams like the Knicks. All these really good teams that just couldn't get over the hump is because they had to deal with Jordan. And that's now what it's like with Mahomes or Joe Burrow. I mean, that's what the AFC's been for the last, what, six years? Mahomes has been in the AFC Championship since he took over as a starter. That's crazy. The only thing you start thinking about with the Bills is like, this was the home game, though. Like, this yeah. is this is the one that you you really needed to win. I do think there's some, you know, maybe not a curse, but at this point, there's almost like a fear that it comes with playing in these big late playoff games where just you've seen this fucking show so many times. Dan, it's before the Dodgers were able to win the Mickey Mouse World Series. It was, you know, we've seen this show. We've seen the fucking collapse over and over again. Uh, that is Bill's Mafia. As fun as they have in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, you're never comfortable as a Bill's fan. There, there's a, there's a good article. Peter King, he does his like football morning in America column, and he was talking about being in, in the stadium in Buffalo after, and you could hear fans as they're walking out. Was like, God damn it, I'm just gonna go waterboard myself. <laughs> and the the Bills just, it's just torture. It, it's just torture being a Bills fan. That's, I mean, that's, that's all you have up there. Like that's all you fucking. And then it's just cold as shit and miserable. You have Buffalo wings, the Sabers. I have the Sabres. Sabres are bad. We might have seen on the Daily Dozen yesterday. They have the longest <laughs> streak without winning a playoff game in <laughs> hockey. Buffalo. No. I mean, let's. I mean, let's round table it right now. Does jo- do the Bills win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen? I'm go. I'm saying no. Do they win a Super Bowl or do they make a Super Bowl? They have to win a Super Bowl for that for this curse to be lifted. Because they went, I think they what they went to three straight with Jim Kelly in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. I I I think so. I think it has. To, I think they have to. I don't know why. I think I think so. I don't. I don't buy into this stuff that Josh Allen's only going to get 
Like I, I was listening to Dan Patrick show today and he's talking about, Oh, arm strength isn't getting any stronger. Speed isn't getting any better the way he plays. I think he's going to adjust the way he plays to win football games. So I, I think so. I don't think we've seen Josh Allen at his best yet, which is saying a lot. You know, I don't think he does. And this is based on the fact that there's so much young rising talent in the AFC. I think it's going to be a really hard road to transverse. And one thing um, I saw it on Twitter, his cap hit has been like pretty low for the majority of his contract. But next year, it's going to be $47.5 million. And they have all these guys to pay, Vaughn Miller, Gabe Davis. And to Dan's earlier point about Gabe Davis, I had him in fantasy. He didn't do shit the second half of the season. He sucked. But all that aside, I think they just need to get the new stadium, sacrifice more people to the pit. Then they might have a chance, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I think um, I agree with the other talent in the AFC, like this was the year you get Mahomes in your house. You got to win that game. You just have to. And next year, presumably you have a healthy Joe Burrow. Uh, Lamar Jackson ain't going anywhere. Mahomes isn't going anywhere. Maybe just maybe Aaron Rodgers plays more than four snaps. Um, Looking like Harbaugh's going, it's going to join force with the Herbert. Yeah. Herbert could get going. Like it, it's it's to no fault of Josh Allen, but I think the other teams just are going to be better positioned. And yeah, Zambia, I think the uh, cap, the you know, quote unquote cap hell that the Bills will be in is going to be tough to overcome. So you think he's not winning the Super Bowl? I don't, I don't, which sucks because I think he's he's phenomenal. I mean, that throw that he made to Diggs, that Diggs just. I had to go right through his hands. That was an unbelievable throw. That was like a 70 yard hand cannon and just nothing. No. How about DeMar Hamlin on that fake punt getting involved in that game? That was something. Yeah, I think that was, that was 10 full cap on. That was scripted. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we'll move on, boys. Championship weekend, couple big games. I don't know what the – they're both on Sunday, right? Oh, yeah. Championship Sunday, AFC first at noon, I believe. So we got Chiefs, Ravens. Um, Fuck. What the fucking fantastic slate right here. Yeah. Well, let's start with that game, Chiefs, Ravens. Uh, I mean, do, do we just gonna want to go around the horn here and give our predictions? That's how let's predictions work. All right, Zane, who do you got? <laughs> Shit, I knew you were gonna pick me after that smart ass comment. Uh, give me the Chiefs. Um, I think <laughs> I think Baltimore is probably a better team and the team that I'll be rooting for. But I mean, I, it's it's beginning to feel like it's a stupid decision to pick against Patrick Mahomes, um, the way he plays. Uh that's I mean, again, I'll be rooting for the Ravens. I, and I and I know Lamar Jackson has the ability to play Patrick Mahomes esque football. I just don't know that we've seen that in a big spot like this, right? It, I'm not the hugest, biggest NFL fan. Didn't Lamar have like a reputation for sucking in the playoffs? Is, am I thinking of the right guy? Yeah, yeah, he had a 
Yeah, I think that was kind of a thing that he was yeah, not. Yeah, but he also hadn't played in a playoff game in three years. Yeah. So I'm going I to me, this is the Chiefs. Uh at Baltimore, hungry city, well coached team, very good defense. I kind of envision Lamar Jackson crumbling uh in this stage of the playoffs. Don't want to see it, but that's my prediction. All right, fair. Also, I think Baltimore getting three, like I would hammer the Chiefs on that. So Baltimore will probably win this game and cover. <laughs> Zamblin? Um Different from Zane, I'm going with the Ravens. A few reasons behind it. It's the first time the Ravens have hosted the AFC Championship in Baltimore. Secondly, Lamar Jackson bet on bet on himself this year. And so I think if he makes it to the Super Bowl, whether he wins or loses, he has a lot more leverage. And so he's going to be playing pretty hungry. And, I mean, the Ravens' defense, I think, is better than the Chiefs. And, I mean, the fuck the Chiefs. Go Ravens. Spite pick a little bit? No. Oh, well, actually, I was going to bring it up. Spokane Boys on Sundays at the Spokane Tribe Casino, it's $2 beers all day. Uh, oh, Dave? I, don't, I don't know that I know where the Spokane Tribe Casino is. I was gonna say, where is this? It's by Northern Quest. Oh, who'd all have beers all day and cocktails? Wow, that's yeah. dangerous. Dane, right, to me, game. Dane, I agree with you that it's at a point where it feels like betting against Patrick Mahomes is just a dumb thing to do. But I'm going to do it. I'm going Ravens. I think the Chiefs were not the better team in Buffalo. I think they were able to survive and take advantage of just complete breakdowns by the Buffalo defense. I don't think Baltimore is going to do that. Um, I think it's going to be a hell of a football game watching Mahomes and Lamar go back and forth. But I think it's Baltimore going to Super Bowl. Um. Yeah, I think I think I'm leaning with Zane here. I think yeah, this isn't necessarily a battle these these teams. I think maybe the Ravens have a little bit of an edge on defense, but I think they stack up pretty evenly and you just can't bet against Mahomes. So, give but me the if Chiefs. you're thinking about the Super Bowl thing, Coop, if you think about the logo thing, it'd be the Ravens here. Oh, fuck the logo. The NFL wants Taylor Swift in a goddamn Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, it's scripted so give me the chiefs um but yeah that is our afc championship match matchup moving on real quick real quick taylor swift just being in attendance at the super bowl will boost ratings substantially amongst the swifty crowd something to think about yeah yeah um Food for thought. Uh, But moving on to our NFC Championship, we have the Niners taking on the Lions. Um, Another great matchup. Um, I'll I'll kick us off here. We'll do a little bit of snake action. Uh, I'm taking the Niners. I think the magic kind of runs out for the state of Michigan after what's been a kind of magical run for that state with their football teams. Uh, Great season nonetheless, but... 
I think the Niners are just poised to kind of dominate this game. I don't really see this being close, if I'm being honest. Uh, so yeah, give me give me the, the Niners and the Niners cover. Dan, who do you have? Well, one one thing on the Taylor Swift front, um, I do see that she has a show the Saturday before the Super Bowl in Tokyo, February seventh. Cancel that shit's getting canceled. <laughs> Does she make it back to the Super Bowl if the Chiefs are in it? One hundred percent. Yeah, she is not missing that shit, dude. And the NFL will not let her miss it. The NFL will fly <laughs> the NFL her will back. Post, the NFL will postpone the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, okay, this game. I I would like to say it's the Niners, but the Niners that I saw last week are not good enough to beat these surging Detroit Lions. Um, bucket. Lions, baby. Lions are going to the Super Bowl. Jerry Goff coming home. Northern California boy, Dan Campbell, going to just cry himself to sleep in happiness on the field after that game. That was not that that, that that didn't come out the way I wanted it. Uh, <laughs> but just the emotion for the Detroit Lions to go to the Super Bowl, America's team. Let's go, Lions. I like it. Zamblin? Well, I think there's a few things to consider here. Um, Debo Samuel definitely won't be the 100%. We should know by the time this episode drops, hopefully, on his status for the game. Um, another thing, too, um, I don't know if you guys saw the quote about um, Bosa after the victory. They were like, hey, like, are you going to have some beers to um, to celebrate this? He says, beers don't quite do it for me. Is he talking about a little bit of booger sugar or beating up minorities? I'm not really sure, but I am going with the quarterback who has been to the Super Bowl, Jared Goff, Lions, lock it in. Fair. All right, I'll, I'll wrap us up here, Coop. <clears throat> yeah, I. so I think on paper, it is very difficult to pick against the 49ers. Um, I think I think their roster is just better. Um, but but the Niners have sort of played unimpressive football down the stretch here. Whereas Dan said it, you know, the Lions are sort of surging right now and they're playing better football at the right time in my opinion. Um this Niners team, and, and a lot of it starts with Brock Purdy, just, I, I, it's really hard for me to picture him get in the Super Bowl. I know, I know, like, that's not fair, but it's just, it just doesn't feel right. I mean, this is a team that just lost 33 to 19 to Baltimore not too long ago. Um, they kind of didn't look great against the commanders late in the season, and then they had a game that didn't matter against the Rams, but I don't know. I'm just not impressed with the 49ers as much as I thought I would be at this point in the season. Um, and I am impressed with the Lions, and I do think the Lions are America's team. I don't think uh, uh, I don't think the Niners get a huge boost from 
their home crowd in these games. I think it's a California soft crowd uh, and, a, and a Northern California soft crowd at that. Um, so give me the Lions. And give me the Lions by 10. Oh. Bam. All right. I think Purdy has an absolute fucking dud in this game. I'm also a little bit salty because I lost my fantasy uh, championship game because Brock Purdy got negative five points for me against Baltimore. So. That's uh, there's some bias there for sure. Um, wow. Wouldn't that be ironic if, cause I think the first game of the season was Lions chiefs, right? That. Yes. Very well that be the last, I could very well be the last game of the season. That's a great color, uh, color scheme. Super Bowl Lions Chiefs 49ers Chiefs is a color nightmare for the Super Bowl. We've seen it before a couple years ago. Ugh. That would be a good Super Bowl, though. Right. Um, I was just Zane, speaking of your assessment on the Niner crowd, I was just doing some searching in the secondhand ticket market, and there's still quite a few seats available for this game. I would love for the Lions fans to just travel and just fill that place, pack that thing. Wear those fucking lion masks. Wear those lion masks, that Honolulu, that, that Honolulu blue. <laughs> Should be fun. Should be fun. Well, that concludes our NFL segment, fellas. Dan, I will turn it over to you for some Daily Dozen. I need the host to – oh, the host is doing it. Oh. Semblan, stealing my job, huh? Do I still get to Stacks read and it? candy, stacks and candy. I did play this today, so let me read it. Typically coming in chocolate, vanilla, and raspberry flavors, Zingers are a snack cake made and sold by what company? What the <laughs> fuck? Is it Hostess? Because Zingers are like the Twinkies, but like different, right? Zambi, that's as good as I could do. I, I don't know what the fuck that is. Locking it in. Hey, oh, I'm not a kid. Way to step up. Oh, boy, Zams. Music. Music. Here's Zambi just takes the celebratory gulp right there. I love it. Uh, it's a featured artist of <laughs> TI's 2008 hit song Dead and Gone. JT. Justin Timberlake. That's kind of a banger. I kind of want to listen to that now. Oh, it is a great song. All right. Uh, movies. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. Dodgeball. What? Gosh, Danny, really? <laughs> That's a terrible like rendition of that line. Yeah, Dan, do do read that no, line again. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Read it again. Honestly, Dan. I honestly don't don't know it in the in the way that it's said in dodgeball. So somebody else to go. Zambi, give us a go. Um, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Oh, what nobody. the hell? No, Cooper, uh, come on. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There we go. I got, okay. got to get into it. Yeah. All right. Television. Ernie Hudson, J.K. Simmons, and Christopher Maloney starred in this HBO drama set in a men's prison, Ooh. 1997 to 2003. Is this Oz? I was going to say uh, Jailbreak. No, that's Fox. I think, Zan, I think you're yeah, right. I think it's Oz. 
This one? Oz. Send it. Oz, boy. History. Dude, that show was freaky. What German inventor and craftsman is credited with introducing letterpress printing to Europe with his movable type printing press? Oh, I know oh, this fucker's name. I know this guy too. Johannes I knew it too, but I couldn't come up with it. Oh. I think it's Gutenberg, isn't it? Johannes Gutenberg? Johannes Gutenberg is correct. Fellas, three in a row for Zane. Watch out. NFL, after an injury to the starting quarterback, Caleb Haney threw for 153 yards, one touchdown, and two picks during this team's NFC Championship loss in January of 2011. If you need to phone a friend, you can on this one. I knew this at the start. Gosh, I'm trying to think who... NFC Championship loss? I think, I think this was the Bears. That's what I was thinking. I think it's the Bears. Dan's not typing it, so I don't know. We're locking it in. Oh, God. That it's is cool. Who got hurt? Is it Cutler? It was Cutler. Cutler, like, strained his hamstring and couldn't play football. It was a disaster. All right. Kevin Garnett played the final 43 games of his NBA career with what Western Conference team from 2015 to 2016? I think he went back to the T-Wolves. Yeah, I was going to say, do, do you go back to Minnesota? I think so. Yeah, I think he did. Oh. Oh, oh shit. This is going to be tough, boys. Dolph. Oh, no. Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, and Xander Shoffley tied for second place at the 2019 Masters, all coming up one stroke short to what American golfer? 2019. Oh, this is so random. <laughs> this, was, this was after Spieth's little tear. Yeah, uh, Xander Shockley. Did Tiger, Tiger win in twenty nineteen? No, he was later than that. No, I think he was. More recent. Oh, um, I feel like he was more recent. Is it Phil Mickelson? No. I thought Tiger was before COVID. Was it? I don't, but I, I, th I think he, I think he won by like a sin significant amount. Yeah, one stroke doesn't feel right to me. Oh, wasn't it like a four-person playoff? No, I don't think it was a playoff in the Masters. Bubba won it before, right? Bubba Watson? Uh, he hasn't won it in a while. Yeah. With that great shot through the woods. Who's the fat fuck that everyone hated? John Daly? No. Oh, oh Pat, Patrick something. Is it Pat, uh, Patrick, Patrick, uh... Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed, yes. Give me Patrick Reed. Uh, oh. No! All right. Dan, why did you type that in so much? I just recommended Patrick Reed, and you just started typing. I'm not typing. This is Zambi. <laughs> I don't have... Oh, God damn it, Zambi. <laughs> what did Zamblin say? I just typed it so fast. You guys oh. seem pretty, pretty locked in on Patrick Reed. Look at that double chin. That is one of the fouler looking mashups. <laughs> Ugh, I don't like that square smile by whoever this is. Is that Chris Collinsworth? <laughs> <laughs> the hair is kind of. Let's take a look at the Walmart 4K Plus Sky Cam. Yeah, I don't. Dude, whose hair is that? Holy shit. Do you, did you guys have, do you guys have any idea on the face? 
Hmm. I think they both need Botox. I don't think I know. I I might know the guy, but it's just some old fuck that I can't recognize. I have no clue. I truly don't remember either. So might be a. You got anything on the chick? I don't. I feel like it's gonna be one of those where. No, I, I don't, don't recognize her at all. Do we even want to try? No. This is just throw in the towel. Put two names and just click. Invisible. Sydney Sweeney. <laughs> Sydney Sweeney and Sydney Sweeney. Chris Collinsworth. Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the golf? Was it Tiger? I'll feel so bad if I talk uh, Oh, fuck! No! Damn it! Knew it was Tiger. God damn it. Damn it. Well, we would have never won anyway. I did not think it was Tiger when I did it. Oh, Jeff Daniels. That makes sense. I don't even know who these people oh. are. Mostly <laughs> Huffman's a tough one. Damn. God who's Jeff? Who's Jeff Daniels? Guy from Dumb and Dumber. Not Jeff Oh, Daniels. you know what? I was I thinking that, honestly. I just couldn't. Oh. I had no idea what his name is. Who's the other one? Felicity Huffman? She had Desperate oh, Housewife. Yeah, Dan. What a what a pull. <laughs> so, I have so no pop culture. I have no clue who this woman is. I think I only recognize yeah. her Desperate Housewives. You watch Desperate Housewives? Oh yeah, I do. Good uh, good uh, good scenes in that show. All right, fellas, let's wrap it up here. On that note, Cooper's going to hang out with some mommies, and uh, we'll see y'all later. All right, fellas, hey, big game coming up this week. The Dons come to Spokane. Let's welcome them to the the freeze out with a nice dub. Get the boys back on. Well, let's stay on track. Let's not get back on track. Let's stay on track. Uh, Keep the positive vibes going. Stay on this train, as Anton Watts would say. Stay on the train. That's it tonight, folks. That's it. That That was the close. Deuces. Go Zags. Deuces. 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 <laughs>